Welcome to the Philia Podcasts. We are the daughters of those women who came before us. It is our absolute honour to have met so many incredible women fighting for the liberation of us all. Our role at Philia is to amplify the voices of those women via the Philia Conference and these podcasts. Please take from them what you can. In sisterhood and in solidarity, the Philia team. Hello, I'm Grace Banks and I'm one of the Philia team and I'm lucky to be sitting with Kendra Houseman from Out of the Shadows. And she's going to be talking about gang culture and child exploitation at the 2018 Philia Conference. But today, she's going to give us a bit of a flavour of what we can expect from that. Um, thanks for joining us, Kendra. That's okay. Have you ever been to a feminist conference before? No, and if you'd asked me would I attend one, the answer would be no, because I don't think I'm a feminist. But my sons tell me that I am, and feminists tell me that I am, but I don't think I am. I think I'm just a woman who's had to get on with life. If that makes me a feminist, then maybe. Maybe I'll go to the conference and come back and be a big feminist. Yeah, it's going to be really <laughs> interesting to see if you've changed your answer at all after the conference. If the question was, do I like powerful women with powerful stories? Yes. That's a great... I, I think I just changed that question. That, yeah. That's the best way to, 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 to vocalise it. Can you tell me a bit about... Tell me about the work that you do currently in Kent around gangs and... So I work in Kent with any young person identified at risk of gangs or child sexual exploitation. Now that can range from victim to perpetrator if you want to look at it like that. So I work with any young person who's identified at being in a gang and then those around that young person to protect them from being exposed to gang culture. Then I work with girls that are already exposed to child sexual exploitation and then I work with the young people around them children to keep them safe and then I educate the parents around that. And the main part of my main job is to keep young people in mainstream education because once they get permanently excluded and get sent to alternative learning like a PRU, their chances, I believe personally, of going on to university or further learning is hindered. And I think that education is key, so keep your children in school is what I think. So I know um, I know that you're going to expand on this when you speak at the conference yes. about your own personal experience, particularly. So, but without too many spoilers, could you mm-hmm. give us a bit of a an indication as to your kind of personal experience in this in this arena? Not giving away too many spoilers. That's that's hard, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so I grew up in a, in a city, a council estate, and was exposed to gangs and child sexual exploitation around me all my life that that gangs was completely normal it wasn't something that was in a film it wasn't something that other people spoke about it was there on my doorstep you know gang members were my friends and and people were um, exploited around me I I saw that and I won't go into too much detail now but one experience and and one I want to talk about where was that Kendra in in, um, Clapham and Brixton in southwest London yeah Uh, when I was about my mum had really poor mental health and when I come home one day I was about 14 I'd already been I was 13 I'd already been involved in gangs in in some ways not heavily involved and my mum was crying at the at the table and I said to her mum what are you crying for and she said that she couldn't pay the rent that she couldn't pay the rent for for that month and she hadn't paid the rent the month before I didn't really understand that so I said what does that mean and she told me that we would have to move and we'd have to move out of area she said Fulton Heath now, what my mum didn't realise is by taking me out of area, she was putting my life at risk because I would be caught slipping out of my area. I wasn't, I couldn't even go to the shop out of my area. So how was I going to move? So then what gangs do is they bend your boundaries. That's what gangs and exploitation does. They take everything that you say you would never do and they get people to do them things they say they would never do. 
So I went out to my friends, and I, I say that very, you know, friends. They weren't my friends. I went out to the people in my stay who I thought my friends and said, oh, my mom can't pay the rent, blah, blah, blah. And so they give me an offer. They said that I could go country. Go country is what professionals call county lines. But in, in London, it's not called that. It's called going country. And basically, county lines involves taking drugs, weapons, whatever, going on a train and taking them to rural areas, like, like coastal areas and, I don't know, places that other people can't get to. And they use really young children because they think that people on the trains won't stop them and they won't stop them. So I was taken into a room with some older girls and they covered me, they covered my body in drugs. So down my socks, down my trousers, um, I was given um, crack cocaine and heroin. Uh, and I was very, a very young 13 year old. I looked, if you see pictures of me, I looked very, very young. I mean, my childhood was over a long time ago, but I looked very young. And so I've got these girls, they're taking my clothes off. Um, I had on like, you know, like jogging bottoms and a t-shirt and they've got pink, like pink jeans. They're making me look like a, a proper nice girl. I can't explain it, like not like a, a gang girl. So they're taking my clothes off, feeling embarrassed. I'm trying to cover my body. They don't care. They're just, they're making me put on these girls' clothes. They tried to take my trainers and I, I argued that. I was like, no, not my trainers. So they let me keep my trainers. They put drugs everywhere. They give me a backpack. I used to have a naf naf backpack, and they packed it with heroin and um, they packed it out with drugs. And then they produced these two sort of oblong packages. And then the girl walked over and she just started pushing them down down my knickers. And I'd never, you know, I was like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" And she said, "Oh, you need you need to you need to plug them. You need to plug them." And I knew what plugging was. I knew plugging was put them internally. So I started freaking out. I was like, "No, please, 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 please!" And they sort of allowed me not to. They didn't make me. They made me put them in my knickers. Uh, and then they gave me a, f a phone and they made it very clear to me that when I went outside, the, the boy said to me, lose that phone, Blondie, don't come home. Because if you lose the phone that's connected to a county line, if you lose a county line phone, then you're dead. Like you're dead. That phone's worth, the numbers on that phone's worth thousands of pounds. So you don't come home. And then he said, she doesn't look young enough. So they took me back in the room and they got my hair and made it into two bunches. They put my hair up in two bunches. I looked about 11. And then they walked me to Clapham Junction train station and sent me and sent me to Margate, you know, and um, you can read about it in my blog. But they sent me to Margate and I'm sitting on this train, sweat pouring down my face. I don't know what's going on. When I get off, it's 11 o'clock at night. There's nobody there. There's no other adults around. I get off and I've got a bit of paper in my hand that's got uh, the number of a license plate of a car that I've got to go and find. So I go out into the car park and there's this car with three blokes in and I had to go with them for a couple of days while they tested the drugs. I come back, and when I got back, the man, the person I'd done it for, he gave me the money for two months' wage, for two months' rent. So I went home, told my mum that I've got the money, got my mum's rent book, and paid my mum's rent, and that that was pretty much, yeah, a bit of what it was like for me when I was younger. It's just like it's, it's sounding to hear. It's just, you know. But it's happening now. Like that's my story is not unique. I'm working with young people. That that is, it's not. It's not unusual. It might be unusual to certain people's ears, but it's not unusual. Like that is not that's not a big story. Like I work with kids that happens to. It's still going on. Because I think the perception is that when you think about gangs, yeah, you immediately assume it's boys and lads yeah. who are intimidating and on street. You know, mm -hmm. that's our perception of them, and you don't you we don't necessarily understand what girls' roles in gangs are. Yeah. Girls in gangs is, I think it's something that people still shy away from because it's it's kind of awful to think that a female can be as destructive as a, as a male, but they can be, and, it, and there's a fine line. I keep saying it between perpetrator and victim, and and there are times in my life that I have been a victim and a perpetrator, and I fully accept that. 
But then there's children and young people that I work with that they need to see that too, that you can be both. Um, if you create victims, then you are a perpetrator, but you can also be a victim yourself. And it's empowering for, for girls to know that. But girls in gangs, it's so hidden. It's so secret. They can't get the help. They can't get the support. In Kent, there's no get out policy for gang members. So if you have if you if I get a female and she says Kendra yes I'm in a gang and like there's no get out policy in, in Kent for a child in a gang it is is horrific. Can you explain the connection between gang culture then and child ex- child sexual exploitation? You will always have um there if, when there's gangs there will always be a C- uh, child sexual exploitation. If there's CSE there won't always be gangs. So you can have child sexual exploitation done by a you know peer on peer old or whatever. But when there's gangs, that will always be an element. And it doesn't just affect girls. It does affect boys as well. The girl, the problem with the girls is, is that they've got no one to talk to, really. Like, how do they get help? Because we're still using words like child prostitution around these young people. I'm reading paperwork. I've read paperwork um, six weeks ago that said, you know, this, tw- this 12-year-old girl's got an older boyfriend. How can she How can she have an older boyfriend? It's, it's rape. Like, there's nothing. There was a, a, a mother that they said she allowed this um, male to have sex with her 14-year-old daughter. No, there, it was rape taking place. So the girls don't know that they're at risk of CSE because the language is, is not good. To, we need to change the language around it. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that, that idea of changing mm-hmm. language is a really big kind of part of your kind of ethos yes um i just think that there's there's two things using the words like child prostitution or she's streetwise or she's experienced you know i've seen i've seen paperwork for myself as a young person saying she's streetwise what does that even mean like what what does that mean think about that as professional if you see that or she's that type of girl she just does them kind of things that's ridiculous that's that's their children and then i want to change the language absolutely around how many times are we going to say that a child is at risk of CSE? We can't we can't keep saying that. Like once once the act takes place, they are a victim. Let's get rid of that. If there's no sexual act taking place, they're at risk. I accept that. But once sex has taken place, they're no longer at risk. They are a victim. And if they're a victim of CSE, then we need to start looking at trafficking. You know, laws coming into place around that. It's, it it needs to be hyped up more. We can't keep talking about all these young girls at risk of CSE. Let's talk about the ones that are a victim of CSE. And then this connects again to the idea of awareness around consent. Yes. So I started the Keep Me Safe program um, where I work now. Um, I asked 60 young people, boys and girls, what consent was. 59 of them did not know fully what consent was. In saying that, a lot of professionals don't really know what consent involves. So I worked and developed a program um, around all the females in my school around Keep Me Safe, which was talking about consent, healthy relationships, um, keeping themselves safe sexually because my goodness these girls were sleeping around and didn't even know how to keep themselves safe they didn't know about where to get protection um, once you start the only problem with that is once I started teaching my my females about what consent was it opened up a can of worms around mental health I had um, a couple of girls who, who really got poorly um, with mental health when they found out that what was happening to them i.e they were saying to me Kendra I don't want to sleep with them but the boys said that because they give us weed, we have to. When we looked at consent and they fully understood consent, they then become poorly with mental health. But there's no fast track to mental health services for victims of CSE. It's not recognised like that. So if a child is if, um, realises they are the victim of CSE, they don't get no help immediately. They're going to wait list for a year. So, you know, it's difficult. It's very difficult of how you help these young people. And so in terms of um, solutions, how do you feel... 
um, police and social services, mm-hmm. how how do you feel they're dealing with? How effectively do you feel they're dealing with the scenarios? How and how aware do you think they are? I'll be fair. I'll, I'll put it out there that they're understaffed. So I think we're all going to have to say that. Anyone's asked that question has to be fair and say they're understaffed. But there's so much more that needs to be done because we need to recognise that that girls involved in gangs and CSE are in such grave danger. You know, they are such danger. And we need to pull together and say there's a problem. So for, for the area of Kent that I live in, in Fannet, that there was there is still people in the area that says there's no we're not at risk of gangs and CSE. That's crazy. That's almost giving the gangs permission to rape our females. Because we need to say it. We need to say no, yes, hands up, we've got a problem, we need to do something about it. So we can't have any solutions until we come together. Short term solutions, educate everyone. Educate the dinner lady, educate the people, the road um, crossing people, educate everyone for the signs, looking out for CSE. And if you see that girl with the big earrings and the load of makeup and the short skirt, and you oh, roll your eyes, or she's that girl, no, let's stop doing that. Just go and speak to that girl, you know, and see what's going on for that girl. Why is she walking down the street? Instead of going, God, why is her parents letting her out at 11 o'clock at night? Let's challenge that. Let's confront that. Solutions, we need to start as a society taking responsibility and being held accountable for our young people. Because these aren't problems that are just in the south of England, are they? No. I've been to Birmingham. I've been everywhere. Everywhere I've gone, the problem's no different. There's different language. There's different, you know. So in Birmingham, gun culture is a lot a, a worse problem than it is here. A lot worse than it is in um, East Kent. But there's still murders taking place in East Kent. You know, there's still people getting killed. Exploitation is, is here because we're a seaside area and it's easy for county lines to bring girls down. But it's everywhere and you'll be insane to think it's not. Can you explain to me about the misconception that there are some young people who are more at risk than others? So I get asked this all the time. People say to me, but who is at risk of CSE and gangs? So here it is. Everyone, your child right now, I don't care what job you've got, what school to go to. They can go to a grammar school. You could be living in a one-bedroom flat, sleeping on a mattress. Every child is at risk of gangs and CSE. Every female and male is at risk. Uh, gangs are not exclusive. You don't have to be certain type of person to join a gang. They don't, you know, hand out a, a list, a checklist of what you've got to do. It doesn't work like that. They will target anyone that's got something missing. Anything that a gang can replace, they will replace. So every child is at risk. Who's more likely at risk? Obviously, definitely children within the care system because they've already got no family. So gangs are happy to step in there. Who's at risk? The children whose parents aren't communicating. So I see, they always blame single parent families. People go, oh, children, single parent families involved in gangs. Hang on a minute. If mum and dad are communicating and talking and they both know where their child is, that's obviously going to help. There's lots of, there's lots of things that can keep a child safe and puts them at risk. But who is at risk? If my child, my children at risk, you know? Yeah. Thank you for like everything that you do in terms of advocacy, though, and using your life experience. It's just you know so amazing to try and create change. I know that everyone's going to be blown away by you at the conference because well. I've heard <laughs> you talk about your life experience, and it really is amazing. But also, I know that you've got a campaign up your sleeve uh, to to try to get some more to raise some more awareness about the conference. Um, yes. Can you tell me about? I'm excited that? about this. So we're recording, we're recording this today, but by, I guess by the time this comes out, we would have been into it for a few days, I hope so. So, on the 10th of September, I want everyone 
everyone to go on social media and put a call out for a female that they're they're proud of, that they care about, they're worried about. I want everyone to go online and write, she makes me whatever it is. So for example, for me, it would be for my daughter. I'd write, uh, she makes me safe. She makes me feel safe. Then hashtag... Uh, philia 2018 it's gonna pull it everywhere like they need to come and look don't they at my at my blog or twitter or find me somewhere everyone needs to look at they need blog. to come and find it and then you'll see what i'm talking about and what basically on the 10th of september is also a national suicide awareness day which is something that's very close to my heart something very personal to me and i think the link between gangs and csc's children not being recognized into adult life is a clear link yeah you're not being recognized now in adult life they're being effect so this is what i want everyone to do I want them to call out a female. She makes me anything you like. She makes me safe. She makes me happy. She makes me proud. She makes me worried. And on the 10th of September, at least I can know that some females out there will get a message said about them that'll make them feel empowered. But there's a twist. <laughs> once everyone's put their messages out there, and you ain't got to do it once. You can do five. I'm going to do like 10, 10 different females. You can put as many as you want. The person that gets the most shares on that day will win two tickets to the Philia Conference 2018 with me. You can come along, you can come for the one day, you can come for the two days, but anyone who gets the most shares will come to that and be part of that experience. And we really don't want to miss, no one needs to miss your talk. No one needs to miss me talking. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's really amazing to hear uh, Kendra, this wonderful powerhouse, talking about her life's experience. It's really fantastic. Well, they've titled it, they've called it uh, Foul by the State, and I'll, I'll let you be the judge of that. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thanks, you. Kendra.